This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Rappaport to the rescue with award-winning animal advocate Jill Rappaport. Welcome to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport and talk about a fabulous Friday. What a special day this is. Would you believe, I can't believe, that this is our one year anniversary. A year ago today, in the height of COVID, we started Rappaport to the Rescue with my partner in crime, Bill Berloni. Bill, can you believe it? Nope, nope. It made the time go by and actually gave us something to look forward to. And let's just go over some of the guests we've had in the last year. Tina Fey, Christy Brinkley, Al Roker, Lorraine Bracco, Isabella Rossellini, Emmy Lou Harris, Sutton Foster, Joel Gray, the hilarious Kristen Bell, Alexa Ray Joel, who actually sang for us. I mean, the shows have been priceless and they continue to be so memorable. Bill, we feel so blessed and honored, don't we? Absolutely. You know, between the people you know and the people I know and have helped, I hope our listeners learn that rescue is the way to go. That's the main message. Every one of them sharing their stories, their heartwarming stories, how during COVID, their rescue animals were so important to them, even more so than they ever thought they could be because they actually protected and gave us all the extra love that we needed. And that's what this show is all about. It really is who rescued who. And I love hearing the stories of people's horses, cats, dogs, whatever animal you're lucky enough to have in your life. Boy, do they add to our lives. Absolutely. And to know people of that caliber, you know, depend on their animals as much as we do, just means that it's a universal love for all of us. And you hear my dachshund, Oscar Meyer, he's always weighing in. He's going right on, mom, right on. Mm -hmm. And how fitting, Bill, that a year ago today, we started this show with the one and only Meredith Vieira. Now, Meredith and I go back many, many years. I was fortunate enough to work with her on the Today Show. She is as beautiful inside as out, so smart, so compassionate, and obviously a huge animal lover. Her dog, Jasper, who's well into his teens, when we caught up with her on our very first show, you remember Jasper had been attacked by a coyote. He never should have survived that. Not only did he survive, he's thriving now a year later. And we're going to catch up with Meredith and hear just how Jasper is doing. And also some concerns that she now has as he's getting on in his years. Yep, as you know, Senior dogs take a lot of work, which is often why people don't adopt them. But, you know, the love we get back from them, even in their senior years, makes it all worthwhile. Well, when we come back, Meredith Vieira and Jasper, stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise, 
advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. We wear fur and we're damn proud of it. What? And our four legs and our tail. And we go to the bathroom outside. Well, we may not be too proud of that. (laughs) Sniff around. Then mark your spot right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport, joined again with Bill Berloni, and we are so excited. Our one-year anniversary, we started with her and kicking off our new year on Rappaport to the Rescue with her again, the one and only Meredith Vieira. Meredith, we're so happy to see you and even happier to see Jasper. No, he's right here. I'm going to lower the so you can oh, see. Oh, look, look at him. Up. Bill, doesn't I wish our listeners could see. We'll have to describe. He's standing. He looks great. Standing. He, uh, you know, for those who don't know the story, he was mauled by a coyote a year ago, a little more than a year ago on his birthday, actually, 1st of June. And um, he's 17. He survived it. But many, many stitches later, and there's a part on his back with the hair has never grown back. It's fine. It's his war rule. You know, we talked about that in the open, that literally we interviewed you. You were so kind. And one of the things I have to tell our listeners, Meredith Vieira is probably one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. Literally, I cold called her. I hadn't spoken to her in about two years. I said, Meredith, I'm doing a podcast. You have to be my first guest. She said, I'm in. That's the type of person she is. No, that's the type of person you are. I can't say no to you ever. And Bill, you guys are the best. And what you do is, yeah. Well, you're pretty amazing with your incredible schedule. And on the heels of saying yes, she just happens to tell me that literally (laughs) Jasper, I think it was that day, was coming home from the hospital after being attacked by a coyote. Never should have survived it. And I said, are you sure you can do this? I mean, will it be okay? And you said you thought it would be very therapeutic for listeners to hear about his survival. Totally. And I think that, I mean, it's a story of hope. Even when you feel like there is no hope left, Jasper's proof that there is. And, um, you know, I told you at the time when the vet who I didn't know, I went to an animal hospital in Bedford Hills because they were the only ones who could handle these kinds of injuries. And when he came out two hours later, height of the pandemic, so we all had masks, no one was allowed inside and everybody in the parking lot's crying because if their pet is there, there's something seriously wrong. And he said to me, I said, don't do anything heroic. I, you know, this dog has lived a great life. And he said, I've never seen a dog with more will to live. Let's try. And several surgeries later, um, they said, now you need to take him home because he'll heal fastest in his home. So I was a nervous wreck for people who have a pet and they have to become the Clara Barton all of a sudden. And you're, you're so afraid you're going to make a mistake. It was wonderful. It was wonderful to take care of him. He's helped take care of me for 17 years and to realize you can do it. And I'm sure that he healed much faster being in his home. I'm Bill, you could probably speak to that, but you know, it's his familiar surroundings and we found a food that worked for him and Hey, look at this guy. He's here pretty good. and he's thriving. He's standing, he's eating, he's happy. And Bill, when this first happened, I remember I told you, I said, first great news, Meredith's going to do our first podcast, but you will not believe what happened to Jasper, your reaction. Bill, you really didn't think he was going to make it. You were frightened. Uh, I mean, we forget how many dangers there are even in the suburbs. You know, we have to protect our dogs there. And, you know, a coyote against uh, Jasper, I thought it was just going to be outdone, but he had the fight. He fought him off. And, uh, you know, that just shows how much he wants to be (laughs) with Meredith and the family. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, he has gumption, this guy. He always has. Well, Bill, you took him for a while because he was a, a tough guy to train. And Bill took him into his home to work with uh, Jasper. So you know some of the obstacles. And he was middle-aged then, which, you know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But Bill did. Yeah, oh, Bill was great. was great. And he's like a dog whisperer in the sense that dogs just connect. You know, I don't think Jasper much missed me, although I think he loved your wife, Bill. That was my memory. He loved her. But um, anyway, so I'm just glad that he's here. You know, we're dealing with other issues, though. He's 17 and he's been through a lot and his hearing is not great, to say the least. His sight is not great. He wears his belly band proudly because he's got a lot of continence problems. Um, and I'm reaching Who a point and I yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. I can get mine while I get his. It's fine. You need it depends. Here you go. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not there yet. But anyway, I mean, it's a fact of life. It happens. Whatever. It's not his fault. Um, and he does look a little dashing in his in his band. And I guess I'll throw this out to you guys. When do you know? You know that I don't know how to put it um, diplomatically, but I'm watching him lose faculties, and and I just wonder how do you. How do you know? That's like a question all pet owners sadly have to face at some point. I don't want him to live for me. That I don't want. And I don't think we're doing that at all. No. But at what point? I don't know. Bill, I'm throwing it out to you. But there are yeah. two criteria. Obviously, the one that's easily recognizable is when they're in pain and there's no recourse to stop it. That's sometimes the easier decision to make. But you know, with the advent of modern veterinary medicine and all the supplements, like people, our dogs are living longer, but we're maintaining their other systems as they start to fail. So it's in those moments that you might have a, a dog who, you know, can't hear, can't see, but their body's still functioning. And in those instances, what I look for is fear, you know, when they don't know where they are or who they are or where you are, and they just become frightened all the time. And we all recognize that look in our animals because they don't understand that they've gotten old. And so for me, I don't want to keep them around in fear just so that I could pet them. Exactly. My second criteria. I know exactly what you mean, but because he doesn't hear, sometimes if I come up to him, he's not aware that I'm there and he's startled. I don't know that he's fearful, but in that moment, he's confused because I, I literally appeared out of nowhere behind him. So I'm beginning to see some of that, but I totally agree. That would be the worst thing in the world to have an animal that's frightened all the time. For me, I mean, you know, Bill, I lost two this year. I lost Ruby and Petey. And, you know, sometimes we're all guilty of letting them live perhaps a little bit longer than they should because we can't let go. And you always think, oh, my barometer, the way I've always looked at it, when they stop eating or heaven mm -hmm. forbid, stop drinking, then you think they don't want to be here anymore. But Petey ate literally his last meal. You know that, Bill. And I was even torn then. I knew he was in terrible shape, but I thought, oh no, he ate. Maybe he still wants to be here. It's the hardest decision. You just, you want to do what's best for them. And yet that you just don't know. You don't know what to do and when to do it. In Jasper's case, you know, just like any hearing impaired individual, instead of coming up from behind, Meredith, just always start adjusting and coming from the front, you know, and that will help that startle reflex. Mm -hmm. And so that's an easy adjustment to make. But again, when they lose their appetite, when they don't know why they can't eat, but they're hungry all the time. I mean, I can deal with incontinence. I have no problem cleaning up after a dog. But when they wake up in their own urine and feces, that's another sign of they're unaware and they hate that. They just hate that. So I look for the emotional. Ones. Yeah. 
I was saying that, you know, before we started recording that I have a dog that's going to be 20 years old. Uh, the only reason we know that we rescued her from a family, the kids were kind of rough with her. And so I took her when she was two years old, we have her papers. And, you know, we've had her going on 18 years. The other day, I'm telling you, if I showed the video I posted on Facebook, she runs around the house, she chases the other dogs, completely deaf, but not a trace of arthritis, great eyesight, really amazing. She only weighs seven pounds now, my little Havanese. But all of a sudden, she passed out, just passed out. And Peppy was screaming, Jill, Jill, CJ died. And I go running downstairs. All of a sudden, she literally gets up off the ground. She had passed out. We thought she died. And it was the most frightening thing. And I immediately called my sister. And she had the same thing with her senior dog. And she said, I bet it's her heart. And sure enough, it was. But here's the situation. She's on heart medicine, Viagra, and she's doing great, but she has a great quality of life. She still runs, even though we're not supposed to let her have exercise. She has a great appetite. Bill, she's going to be 20, but she wants to be here. Yep. And, you know, I've got two in kidney failure, one in heart failure. You know, the heart failure dog is a little chihuahua and the vet's like saying, don't let her run, don't let her run, but she lives to run. And and I would rather her be happy up until the moment she has that cardiac event than confined and lonely and wondering why I can't be with everybody. I thought exercise actually strengthened your heart. When they have a heart murmur and things like that, you got to be careful. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, her heart's getting bigger because it's having to pump so hard. Right. And um, so- well, I'll tell you my little hack with uh, Jasper. We have stairs in this house. Our home in Irvington has an elevator in it because my husband has MS and we thought at some point we might really need this. I end up using it more because when I carry suitcases, so you know, I say, Richard, take the stairs. But anyway, uh, here there's just stairs and my son suggested this and it's really great. I got a life jacket. So when a dog goes in a boat, but it has like a little handle so I can hold that and I can get him down. We walk down the stairs very slowly. Sometimes he can't do it, but, uh, and then I've got him. And that has worked for us in this house to be able to bring him with us. I did not want to board him for weeks. Oh, no, and what about wildlife now? I mean, is he freaked out to be outside? Is he on the lookout for wildlife? Never once. Oh. I was sure because now in here, I just stand with him. We're on a point. There's nothing here. And he never runs away. That's not an issue. But um, in Irvington, I have him on a leash now all the time, just because I don't know what's lurking, you know, and if something grabbed him, he could be gone quickly. But not not from day one, interestingly enough, did he react when he walked out the door. And I was sure he would. And he did. It's our little Jasper. He said, I won. Bring it on. Come on, bring on some more. <laughs> I'm still here. I'll tell you something, Bill, you know, I live in the woods too. And I, you know, there's been coyote sightings. That's like one of my biggest fears because I have them in the backyard and, you know, they're running and playing. I'm not out there with them all the time. They're in the backyard. It's fenced, but that would just freak me out, you know, especially the little doggies, my dachshund who chimes in every five minutes and my Havanese. <laughs> but it's really amazing that your dog survived this. I don't think we've heard too many tales of survival, sadly. Right, Bill? No, not from those type of attacks. It's incredible. And Meredith, this dog has been with you, I mean, uh, through the most important years of your life. I mean, your kids have grown up with Jasper. And I want to just say a little congratulations for your son, Gabe. Didn't he just get married? 
He's going to. He was supposed to get married last um, Labor Day weekend, and now all signs are great. So um, he's getting married uh, Labor Day weekend of this year. Fully vaccinated. Everybody has to be really just. To, he wants to protect the older folks, actually, and we appreciate that. And um, yeah, we're very, very excited. The best thing I did was I wasn't sure he was going to get married or not. I've never bought a dress online like a wedding type mother of room, and it fit. I was shocked when I got it. I went, oh my God, I'm sure I'm going to have to send this back. So I that I had that out of the way like by March. And his beautiful bride-to-be, Allie, and they have a dog, Arthur. Is Arthur going to be part of the wedding? Well, Allie said no, but I can tell from Gabe. I just know that dog's going to show up. Gabe's like me. Um, he's a total, and she loves Arthur, but I think she thinks it's going to be a big camp. The ring bearer, wedding, come on. I, I sense it, that he, he is going to play a part. In the and wedding. you Three incredible children, but Gabe has really followed in your footsteps. He's a really talented reporter. Thank you so much. I mean, obviously, I think so. I'm his mother, but he's in D.C. and he works for um, an organization called Tegna and for their Verify um, series, which is straight news reporting, which is kind of unheard of these yeah. days. You know, it's not opinion right. oriented. Hello, really verifying facts and. And he loves it. And he's a really creative writer, good writer. So I don't know if that's where he'll stay forever, but it's been a great spot for him. And they love DC. So it's it's been terrific. And, you know, they came from Seattle. Yeah. He started at Como, right? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. And I've been following his career because I thought, wow, talk about the apple not falling far from the tree. He's really great. And he's a true journalist you. like you are. Yeah, he is. He is. And he gets to New York. We're all excited. Yes, he's in New York. And he gets an offer like the next week to move to DC. He's really been promoted a lot, very fast yeah. in this business. And your other two kids are doing great. And my son, my oldest, Ben, just started a startup and he's very excited. He's nervous, you know, but um, he's excited at the same time. And it's all about um, the environment and climate change in a positive way, trying to navigate that, hopefully make some difference. And my daughter, Lily, is she's in New York now and she just got engaged in March. So she and Charlie are planning a wedding next year, knock on. You know, that that Another dress through. to order online. Another dress. I know. Exactly. I can't stand the pressure. That's unbelievable. <laughs> well, first of all, Meredith was one of the people when I was starting out in the business, I wished I was Meredith Vieira. You were on West 57th, which was probably the coolest show ever on television. And I miss those days of true reporting, you know, cub reporters in the field, really going after the story, not biased. And you were the epitome. You were the person that if you wanted to be a reporter, we looked at you and we thought that's who we want to be. Well, you know, thank you. I mean, I had great mentors. I started at, at CBS, you know, in terms of the network and I had wonderful people. That was the old time CBS. Uh, and I, I can't speak to the new time, but those were the days of Cronkite and then Rather and the, a very strong bench of reporters all equally talented. So I was learning from the best and, and they had standards. You had to read their standards of practices and follow them. And they were the golden rule uh, when I was there. So you never would have thought to interject your opinion or slant the news or edit it in the funny way. And, you know, it's a, you've seen it, the slope, the slippery slope. And I, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that business took over the news and it became, you know, bottom line dollars and cents and profit. And, and that I think was kind of the kiss of death. Oh yeah. And I mean, you met your husband in the business, you know, you were very young and you kind of dissed him in the beginning, right? You were, and he thought you were no, a little I bit of a flake. <laughs> 
could not stand him and he didn't like me either. But, um, but you know, and I've told this story a million times. I was working out of our Midwest bureau in Chicago and he came in with Leslie Stahl and the big shots from New York and he's a big producer and blah, blah, blah. And so I was watching Bugs Bunny because in the Chicago bureau, it was called crash and burn because you were constantly flying out in the morning, covering a story and then coming back. So when you had a day, to yourself, they had a closet with pillows and blankets, and you could just veg out at your right. desk in case something happened, you were there. And so I had on Looney Tunes and he walked in and said something, I don't know, sarcastic. And I thought in the same moment, I thought, what a jackass. Can I say that? That's <laughs> an okay, animal. Okay. What, what a jackass. And I'm going to marry that guy. Oh. I just knew it. I knew it. And sure enough. Oh, my God. And did he know it? Because I think he thought you were kind of a lightweight, which is shocking. I don't think he knew it. But when I was in New York as a reporter at Channel 2, before I was bumped up to the network, he had watched me on the, you know, the big monitors and in in, CBS and all over. And so he was watching the local feed, preparing for the nightly. And he asked, whose voice is that? And this guy who was near him said, that's the one. <gasps> so... I mean, I feel like it was fate. And what year are we talking now? How many years? So we got married in 86. We just yesterday was our 35th wedding anniversary. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, so. Oh, great story. It's the sweetest thing. We went, can I just tell you yes, this really quickly? Because I know a lot of people are dealing with soulmates that have disabilities. And, and we went out to this little restaurant and sat outside and Richard uses a walker and it's a shell driveway. So, you know, beach shells, it was very hard to maneuver it. And this young couple with a little baby couldn't have been kinder to us and not in a kind of, oh, you poor thing, but like, hey, let me give you a hand and just so lovely. And then I don't know how they figured out it was our anniversary because nobody, I think I might've said to Richard, oh, happy 35th or something. And after they left, the waitress came over and said, they bought your drinks. <gasps> They didn't want to embarrass, you know, they didn't want you to know when they were there. But I thought, you know, it's a nice world. That is so wonderful, Meredith. And first of all, when you were on the Today Show, oh, you were amazing. You're amazing in every job from The View, the Today Show, the game shows that you're doing. And you now, with your crazy, busy schedule, you're doing something so important with Pfizer in honor of your grandmother. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's called Find Your MBC Voice, Your Metastatic Breast Cancer Voice. And I started it, they came to me and my, my grandmother had passed away from stage four cancer. And back then I was late teens, I guess, right in that beginning of college period. And nobody talked about it. My grandmother never talked about it. I doubt English was her second language. She and my grandfather had come from the Azores, Portuguese descendants, and um, she did not speak it well. I think back then you saw your doctor as a god. You would not begin to question what they said. Uh, you just kind of followed orders, <laughs> so to speak. And um, so I never really understood the ramifications of stage four cancer and the fact that in the, at the end of the day, you are your best advocate. And as a patient, you need to um, advocate for yourself and surround yourself with a team, essentially. In other words, find your voice and then use it, particularly for this illness, because there is no cure. Metastatic breast cancer means it's spread. And now they're working as hard as they can to come up with treatments and to prolong life long enough that hopefully there will be a cure. And some people have done very well, others not so much, but at least during this period, I think when you have a voice and you have a sense of power, it impacts 
all of you. And I think it helps with just the process of dealing with illness. It, it provides strength. So I'm thrilled to do it. And I think my grandmother, I believe in this stuff that she's looking down and going, yes, that's good. I'm glad. I wish I had known how to do that. Then. Well, you know what? You're doing it now. That's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. And we've all come a long way in terms of how we abdicate for ourselves in the health world. You know, so and you've been such a great voice for Richard, your husband, and for MS. You know, you've really enlightened us understanding what it's all about living with someone with a disability and how you can still have a very full, wonderful life. Absolutely. And you know, I've said this a million times you don't know what's going to happen to you in the next minute, hour, day, month. Stuff happens. That's why it's called life. You know, I mean, you, you never know. So, we always say, gosh, we're pretty lucky. It's like whatever bag of woes you carry, you don't really want to trade it with the next person. At the end of the day, we've learned to navigate this. And yeah, I'm not going to be Pollyanna. There are good days and there are really, really bad days, but that's true of everybody. So we've, uh, you know, and we're, MS unfortunately is progressive. So you're not going to get, sometimes you can plateau, but with Richards, he's in the secondary phase. So there won't be any plateaus, but if you can just go as slowly as possible, that'll be good. And we live a bit in denial and we have a very good sense of humor. So it works out. And if you ever thought back then that you would be celebrating your 35th wedding anniversary, what a yeah, gift. Please, he's still a jerk. He's still a jerk. I still feel the same way. <laughs> and you're still watching Bugs Bunny and he's rolling his eyes. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> oh, and Bill, you have a wonderful marriage with Dorothy as well. And you've been married a long time. Me, I've had, uh, I don't know, my nickname's Lord of the Rings. I haven't had quite the same success. <laughs> But uh, hey, look how lucky you all are, right, Bill? Yep, so lucky. And when you find that person who understands you and gets you, you know, there's nothing better. I've only found it on four legs, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's okay. okay. Love the four-legged. Hey, there's no one better than my dogs. Love me, love my dogs. And I'll tell you, the animals really, and you know Meredith firsthand too, through thick and thin, whether you're sad, happy, boy, are they the best source of strength and love? They certainly are. And we have two cats, Felipe Noir. Yeah, the last interview, you had one crawling around your head. Yeah, exactly. Well, when Jasper came home from the hospital, the little girl cat, and she's still small, she and Jasper have a fine relationship, but they're, they're not tight or anything. But Felipe has always, when, when Jasper, we first got Jasper, when the kittens came, he used to carry them around his mouth. Well, eventually Sweet Pea was like, I'm done with that, Jasper. But Felipe still lets him attempt it. And so when Jasper was just starting to go outside and I would walk around the yard with him so he could get some exercise and start to get his legs back and strong, that cat walked with him every step of the way. He knew, he knew. And just got, I've never seen that. And he doesn't do that now, but I think he understood that Jasper was in pain and Jasper was, you know, struggling and he just walked with him. It was really cool. Isn't that beautiful? Bill, you see that all the time with these animals. They're amazing. The bond they create and form with one another. Yes. And, you know, to be able to witness that reminds us that we should treat each other with the same sort of respect and kindness. I agree. It's so true. Well, Meredith, this has been such a joy. We have to make this an annual thing. Every year, we're going to catch up with you. We can only hope and pray that next year, Jasper will be by your side, still walking around in the background going, okay, mom, enough. Let's wrap this thing already. <laughs> so over television, I got yeah, to tell you. Like, I've eh, been there, done that. Enough, mom. But it was my biggest hope and dream that we could catch up with you a year later with him by your side. So you made our day. You made mine. You always do. Oh, Meredith, thank you so much for making our first year anniversary so special. 
she set the tone and we continued it. Thank you so much. If I had confetti, I'd be throwing it up right now. So imagine that it's all coming down on you guys. Thank you so much. Continued wonderful work on behalf of your grandmother and the game shows and everything else that you're doing. And can't wait to hear about those weddings. That's really great news. I'll uh, get you up to date next time we talk. One will be, hopefully, unless Allie sees the letter, I keep saying to, to Gabe, you better hope that she doesn't wake up one morning and go, what am I doing? <laughs> but now he's a keeper and so is uh, she. So we'll have at least one under our belt by the next time. we. Yeah. Talk. And I want to see the picture of the dress and you know who wore it best, right? I will. And, and Arthur probably will be wearing a bow tie. He'll be there. I'll give you all the deets next time. I love that you passed on, obviously, yours and Richard's love of animals. All three of your children are obsessed with animals and adore them the way you do. They all do. Yep, they really do. Our daughter and her fiance, they adopted as well. To, they rescued two cats. They both are very, very skittish. And they have the patience, you know, because they love them. And they say, nope, they'll be okay. You know, we're here to help them now because they had a bad life up until then. So they inherited that love and compassion from you and Richard. That's wonderful. Meredith, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today on our special one year anniversary. Yay! Of Rappaport to the rescue. Have a wonderful, happy Father's Day. Bill, that goes to you, too, buddy. Thank you, Jill. Until next time, stay safe. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.